You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. bond essentially the tax rate stays the same and they extend the payment out right. uh so that another taxing entity doesn't get to slide in and recover some of that money when the cap is in place are are you still interested in funding the county through these maintenance bonds like they have been no i i, I think that's a really bad way to go um i don't know what other way there's ways there are but i i know we need to find different ways to get out of it um because the bonds they're, they're not doing us any good. They're costing us money. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the American Rescue Plan. Uh, the American Rescue Plan, of course, is uh, is something that allocated funds from the federal government to localities uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. And Henry County was given $9.3 million in American Rescue Plan funds. Um, there's one interesting thing about this is usually whenever – counties are handed money like this they're given big fat checks it has to be spent on very certain things but one interesting thing with the uh, ARP is that there's very few stipulations on how we spend this money it's basically just to cover lost tax revenue Uh, the council and the commissioners they've started looking at ways to spend that money they've had some meetings but it doesn't have to be spent until 2024 uh, so I'm interested in hearing what both of your ideas are on how the, that money can be spent. Um, if you think that we should be getting a move on spending it or if we need to just keep pushing and, and waiting and see what happens before that deadline. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with you, Mike. Um, I think, you know, infrastructure in Henry County, if you drive out on the county roads, a lot of our county roads are in really bad shape, our bridges. And I'm sure a lot of that money will come from the state as well. Uh, $9.3 million goes a long way. Um, I, I know they can buy anything from computers to toilet paper with that money if they want to. Pull your mic in just a little bit closer to you. I know they can pull buy toilet paper and water with that money if they want to. I just think we need to be really diligent on what we decide to spend that money on. And, you know, come November, if I'm in there, I'm, I'm going to look into it. And, you know, if Melanie gets in there, I hope Melanie looks into better ways of spending the money. I think new eyes, new ears, and, you know, new voices can go a long way uh, looking at things. And, you know, you can open new books and new chapters and read into different things on how monies are spent. So last week we heard a lot from Shannon, Tom, and Angela Mahaffey. Um, One of them will be filling the seat that's currently held by Peg Steffendel. And they were both obviously representing a much more rural portion of the county. But their interests sounded like rural broadband was a big big target for them. Is that an infrastructure item that you think makes sense for the county or do you think there's other areas? I do. I mean, kids in school now that are in the city have access to things like that where kids out in the county don't. Uh, you know, that's not fair to the kids in the county when they miss school. Uh, and, you know, even the even somebody that lives out in the county that can't get rural broadband to do whatever they want to do. 
I, I think that would be an incredible good idea to spend some of that money on that. All right. Melanie, same question to you. Um, so I was looking, I'm not sure that we have that much money because, um, in January they spent some of that money. I'm assuming we haven't gotten more. So January they spent about 2 million of it. Um, last week they were talking about spending 3 million of it to add to that, uh, to like the geo bond so that they can, uh, start repairing the three buildings that we have. Um, so I think we're looking at, we're probably down to a little under 4 million actually left in that pot. Um, you know, uh, broadband is definitely a huge need. When we look at a new tax base, we have to have broadband service, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not sure less than $4 million will get us there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I certainly am pushing for broadband. I can't believe that in 2022, there's not uh, grant money. There's not public money available for us to invest in broadband in a rural we community. Governor's campaign on it, right? Yeah. Giving- giving state money to communities that, that need it, but yeah, it hasn't well, materialized yet. And, and two years ago, um, the planning commission was looking at that the summer, you know, two years ago, they were talking about broadband and, and it hasn't went anywhere in all this time. And so Mike's absolutely right. When you have, um, students in our County that don't have access to internet in 2022 in their home, that's kind of ludicrous to me. Um, so and during COVID we had, we had essentially hotspot, you know, one sheet hotspots of, Hey, you guys are working from home or doing school from home. Here are places in the community you could drive to, to get your school work done. If right. We were all living this virtual life. Right. Yeah. Not what the you parking expected. lot of McDonald's. <laughs> Not what you expect in 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. The library, everybody sitting outside the library, right? Yeah. Um, so absolutely not. And that's not conducive to learning, right? They're, they're going to be our future leaders here. So, um, you know, where we should spend that money, I would like to see what's left of it be invested somewhere that we're going to get a return on it, right? We've got to start not just spending money, but figuring out how to generate money. How do we get money bring, you know, coming in? How do, how do we in, increase? Um, the revenue that we have. And so uh, that would be my goal is, is that last amount that we figure out a way that we can invest it and, and it benefits everyone and we get some return on it. It's not just a one and done. So you, you led us there. How, how would Melanie Wright grow the tax base? What can you do from the council, from a council seat to say, Hey, we're not going to raise taxes, but we can get more investment in the community or get higher paying jobs or you know more parcels so that, tax rates don't have to go up, but the coffers do better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's continuing to build on what we have, um, you know, with, with the work at the economic development, continuing to, to work closely with, with economic development. Um, again, I, thinking outside the box, we have an amazing career center at the high school. How could we leverage that career center? Um, lots of different ways, right? To pull in businesses that, uh, we could create a stream. So they're in high school, they're, they're learning this trade in the career center, and then they're going straight to work for you, you know, as, as this new factory or this new manufacturer here in the area. Technology, we've got to pull in technology. I mean, tech, you know, it's, it's the biggest growing industry. So we have got to get, um, some, some, uh, technology uh, factories isn't the right word, but we need to get that some of that industry here locally um, that will help build our community. You know, things like how do we invest in better childcare? Broadband is so important to getting people here. Um, you know, I just think there, there's a lot of things that we can leverage that we can think outside the box to get things done. Um, and we don't do that. We, we do a lot of this is how we've always done it. Let's do it that way. And that I don't think is working for us. Solar and wind at all. Solar and wind invest for investment or as tax a tax base. Uh, I'm not going to touch that. I think solar and wind has been settled in Henry County. So, yeah. you know, I'll just let it ride there. <laughs> All right, Mike, same thing for uh, changing the tax base. 
Um, <clears throat> Newcastle hasn't had uh, a new housing addition in probably 20, 25 years. Um, Newcastle needs new homes. Newcastle needs new additions, new places for people to live. And in order to get people to come to Newcastle to work or even work in what we have here, I think we need better housing. Um, Newcastle has a lot of dilapidated homes, uh, whether that be tear them down, redo them or whatever. But uh, like I said, if, if Newcastle were to get a, a new housing addition, it would bring in a whole new tax base for Henry County. Uh, a lot of times bringing in new businesses is not a good tax base because uh, we give them a tax abatement. And, you know, you won't see any good taxes coming out of a, a new business other than the employees that work there for 10 years or longer. So, you know, I think, like Melanie said, we're going to have to think outside of the box on how to get things here. And I, I'm really in favor of a new housing addition going in someplace in Newcastle or in your county. So you so touched a, on a bedroom community approach. Correct. You touched on uh, tax abatements. Uh, what what are your feelings on tax abatements for businesses in the county? You know, unfortunately, that's that's the only way a lot of businesses are going to come to Henry County or to any county. Um, if we don't give them, then Hancock County will. Correct. Or and or whoever. You know, yeah, or whomever, Delaware County or whomever. Um, and, you know, it's it's a an ugly cycle, but, uh, you know, whether I'm form or not, it's something we need to look at. Melanie, I'll let you answer that one, too. Um, I agree. I think they're a necessary evil, although I would like to see a goal where, you know, we we um, I think the issue with the tax abatement is we're not in a position to be giving up any money. And so people get upset when they see that we do that to get a company here. If we were in a position where we really did have a balanced budget and and we were able to take care of what we needed, it wouldn't be so bad to give a company an abatement to get them to move in here. That's a good investment. Right now, it's hard to say we can be making, we should be making, you know, those kinds of investments um, when we can't, you know, pay our employees what they should be paid. But then it's a catch-22. If you don't make those investments, then you don't, you know, theoretically possibly get the money that you need to to get people where they need to be. And every county around us is fighting to get Absolutely. new business. So, you know, like Melanie said, it's an evil thing. So... Mike, tell me, tell me about your view on, on county buildings. I know that there's a study that's happening now and, and the county has essentially three big buildings. Uh, the, the Justice Center, the, uh, the annex next to the Justice Center and the courthouse. Um, your view on investing maybe some of the CRP money or other money into maintenance and, and future, future support of those buildings. How, I guess, we don't know what the next four years, eight years, 12 years is going to look like if you're in a council chair. But how how do you how would you structure yourself to be able to take care of the assets the county already has? I'd like to really see what you know the new buildings are going to be used for. Are they necessary for the county or not? If they're not necessary for the county, why are we going to spend money on them? That's money that we don't have to spend. Um, we need to see what buildings we have and what we're using them for. And if we're just buying buildings to be buying buildings. Why are we doing that? Right. But maintenance of the existing, you know, the existing buildings that are housing active. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what kind of maintenance they use, if it's county people they use or if they hired out. Um, there's a lot of companies going to subcontractors, which, you know, they don't have to pay insurance and things like that on, you know, outside contractors, uh, which might be cheaper to maintain our buildings, even, you know, cleaning and everything inside. All right. 
Same same conversation with you, Melanie, about the the future of these the three big buildings here downtown. Yeah, um, I think the the study that they've done, if I'm if I'm not if I'm if I'm right, they have um, looked at the issues, what needs to be done with the buildings as far as creating a plan. I think it's like an eleven million dollar maybe plan that where they've prioritized what needs to be done and, and what building, um, kind of spreading it out over time. Uh, I would be interested in more of like a room utilization report. Like how many of those rooms are we using? Can we condense some offices together? Um, you know, it, 2022, can we work virtually someday so we don't have as many people in an office and we have some shared space? Um, I would be interested in seeing that. Uh, you know, if we could condense, share some areas and, uh, not that I would like to see get rid of one, but maybe we could invest in the, in, in, uh, fixing you know, what we need to use, what we absolutely need in order to function uh, as an efficient government, uh, and then maybe look at a capital campaign or something to to renovate one of the other buildings. Uh, the old courthouse is fairly old, you know, it is, can we get it on, maybe it's on the National Historic Register, I don't know that, but could we look at that? Is there any money tied to um, that historic building that we could use to uh, to renovate it. So, you know, I just, um, I wouldn't throw public money at it right away until we really looked at who's using what space and, and do we, you know, and maybe, maybe we can't get rid of any space, you know, but I feel like we, that's due diligence. We only have county government like four days a week anyway. So you just have like five bucks for a tour on the days we don't use the buildings. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I like it. When you're like talking it. about, uh, <laughs> when you're talking about capital solutions, are you, are you, this is what comes to my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but you, do you mean like condensing our county employees, and then maybe trying to um, have some other type of business use that space that we would save, and then uh, like subleasing places or something? Um, possibly. When I when I said capital campaign, I meant more like a fundraiser, right? Like okay. donors okay. and people. You know, we could maybe raise some money. Um, but that that might be a you know a solution yeah, I, as well. I wasn't- that is yeah. a tough sell, Nelly. Listen, okay, guys. I know November tenth we're paying our property taxes, but November twelfth we're going to write checks to pay for that extra part of the building because we're going to put up new new some. I wasn't trying to put words in your mouth. Oh, no, I was no, just no, trying no. to get oh, yeah, clarification. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Not at all. You all be, right, you got to be real good at sales. Hey, <laughs> stranger things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked a little bit about uh, about the money. I saw a comment come across the uh, come across the live stream about uh, using that money for the Expo Center. I think it was made in jest, but the Expo Center Memorial Park um, is kind of a controversial project that's been going on. Uh, started using uh, like private funds. Um, now it, it's kind of in this uh, in between state. I want to get your guys' opinions on whether the county should be putting money towards the Expo Center or if you think that uh, we should just let it hang out. Or what are your guys' plans for that? Uh, We can start with you, Melanie. Sure. So um, the Expo Center. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So uh, I have a really hard time using public money uh, to fund private uh, jobs, fund private private, uh, 
buildings and, and projects. Um, you know, the, the food and tax money, had they gotten that money, that's a different process, right? That grant's open to everyone. And, and so that's not specifically what I'm talking about, but the, the council putting up the money, public money to finish the building, uh, and then letting uh, a private entity control it. I struggle with that piece of it. Um, so I think if we were to finish it as a county, then we should have control over it and, and decide what that building is going to be used for. Um, and it should be ran by the county. Is that something that you would that you would advocate that you want the county to take control of it and then finish it or I would advocate that over just finishing it. Yes. Um and honestly, uh, I mean it's an eyesore. That's our park, right? That's regardless of how we got to where we're at right now, that's where we're at with it. And so, um you know, a lot of us have memories of that park and and I would hate to see it go down like that, right? Because especially um, that part of the park, right? Uh, absolutely. And it's and it's almost like um We've got into a uh, a peeing match. I don't know. Can I say that? Right? Say, <laughs> between after, it. after eight o'clock, you can say a pissing match. Right. You're right. <laughs> and so, and that's kind of I think what we've gotten into. And so I think we need to take a step back. We need to let some emotions die down, um, and have a conversation about it. And I'm not just talking about us seven council members and three commissioners. We need to have some public forums, and we need to talk to people and see what they want us to do. What do where we want to go there? All right. Mr. Uh, Mr. Regner, what what do you think on the Henry County Expo Center? Tom Saunders, the reason this is in the question is because when the Expo Center crowd was applying for food and beverage money, Tom Saunders said, "Look, if you if if this doesn't get funded, there's a very real possibility that the county's going to end up with it back in their hands." Money didn't come to it, so now there's a chance that the council's going to have to do something about it. If you're in that chair, what's Mike Regner's view? Well, when the, when they started that building, it was sold to the community as a non-tax-based building. And, you know, Melanie said it's a private-owned entity that runs, is working on it. There's a uh, there's a lease for it, but it is county-owned property, it's, right? It's a lease for it, but it's county-owned property. You know, if if I don't believe that, I don't feel that the county should be spending money on it if it was sold as a building that shouldn't be funded by county monies. Um I wouldn't be opposed to the fact that, you know, they try to find somebody else to open it for something else that would be conducive to what we have out at the park. Uh, but an expo center, I've never really been sold on an expo center in a park where kids are playing. I just, I find that really kind of like putting a jail in the middle of a, a playground. So I, I'm, I've never been a big person for funding that building with county money. And I'd be hard, it would be a really tough sell for me to, go that route. I mean, the county decided against it once before as, you know, the, the council members and everybody else, and they didn't get any money from the food and beverage committee. I, so I might be just really hard pressed on spending any of the county's money on that. Well, you, you do have 1.2 million that the county funded four years ago to, right. to start the project. So they're, you're the county's, the county's involved, right? It's just a matter of, uh, if we want to get any deeper yeah, involved, what, what happens now? I mean, I, I built homes for a living, and, you know, they spent all that money on the parking lot. And that whole parking lot is going to have to be redone again, what they did before. And that, that was probably half a million dollars to get that par- parking lot packed and ready for pavement. All right. Let's uh, – any? do you guys have any feelings or comments about the – the management and the guidance for for Memorial Park. Obviously, the county has has responsibility for for a number of park buildings and and the Memorial Park Board and and funding activities in the park. Um, 
do you have any any vision or expectation for the way Memorial Park and the board should operate? Go first. Yep, sure. We'll start uh, with you. you know, I, I know they've been through a, a what their second park superintendent in the last what three years. Um, I know this past weekend was an, a, just an absolute great thing. What the new superintendent did out there, there was cars like I've never seen out there before. Uh, and I'd really like to see the new superintendent move forward with, you know, her new ideas and things. Uh, I think a lot of the park board is still stuck in the past. We need to open our eyes and move forward with what we do at the park uh, and, you know, letting new things go on in the park. But I still think we need to keep the aesthetics of the park as it, as it was when, I don't know, when most of us were kids. I mean, it's, it's, it's go to still a kid. <laughs> well, so, I have a kid. <laughs> so am I. I mean, I, you know, I just think there's a lot of neat things that we could do with our park. I mean, we need to clean it up. We need to clean that pond up. We need to cut the, you know, the, the dead trees out and, you know, just make it a beautiful park again. So, you know, there's gotta be monies out there for that. All right. Melanie, what, how about your views on the future of Memorial Park? Um, you know, I, I agree. Saturday was awesome. We were out there and spent some time. So Casey did a great job. Uh, you know, I think, um, from what I have seen, I can only speak from my perspective. Our, uh, county government has a hard time letting go. So we appoint a board to govern and then we want to micromanage them and not allow them to govern. So I would say, um, if we are confident in the fact that we are putting good people in those positions to make decisions, then we shouldn't have an issue with the decisions they're making. And if they're not good people, we shouldn't be putting, putting them in, in those positions. So I would love to see the park board be able to be a board and govern itself and not, um, sometimes I get the impression that, uh, they, they feel like everything they do is, is a little bit more criticized, looked at a little bit have more heavily than, than other entities. And that shouldn't be the case. They, they should be, um, empowered to do what, what we put them in that position to do. Have you done this before? I have not. That's like a segue right into our next topic about oh. boards and how they operate. Oh, well. So I guess this is this is a two-parter. One is which boards are you interested in, in participating in? And as, you know, I know that there's the planning commission. There's other you know other boards that council has appointments to. Um, and then I guess what you're looking for as you make citizen appointments. What kind of what your guidance is for how the citizen appointment process should work? Uh, sure. So uh, the boards I would be interested in. Um, of course, my criminal justice background, community corrections, the sheriff's department, the jail advisory board, um, JDI, JDAI, which is the juvenile detention alternatives initiative group, um, anything, you know, prosecutor, the courts. Uh, I would love to be a part of that, but I would love to be on the park board as well. Um, I would love to be that liaison. So uh, I uh, am pretty strong in, in the relationship area, so I'm not really worried about what board I, I would be on. I just jump right in and, and, and learn what they're doing and, and see how I could contribute. As far as citizens appoint, uh, citizen appointments, uh, I got to be real honest. I I just feel that we should be posting those and people should be applying for them. Everyone should have a chance and we should be going through and picking the people that are best for those positions. You know, uh, I, I'm uh, at Ivy Tech, we're big on strength building. And so, uh, you know, I'm really big on what are people's strengths and let's put them together and, and leverage their strengths to, to get a positive outcome. And and so that's how I feel like we should do citizens appo- citizen appointments. I I don't feel like people should just who you know, we're going to appoint so-so to this board. Everyone should have a chance. 
All right. Same, I agree. Same conversation, Mike. I, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, whether Newcastle has the good old boy system or whatever, I think we need to do away with that. Uh, if you're applying for the park board, you know, you should apply for those positions. Um, and we should pick through all the resumes and things like that, see who's the best suited for the, any of those positions. Um, I applied for park superintendent four years ago and, you know, unfortunately Mel, or I didn't get that position, but uh, I'd love to have had it cause I have some good ideas out for the park. Um, and I'd love to be on the park board. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of neat things that can be done. Just a lot of neat things that we have a lot of, uh, History out at Memorial Park. So, as far as your interest, I guess tell us tell us about your your skill set and your interest. And in, obviously, you would come to council meetings and, and be responsible for for the financial arm that council has, but also a liaison to another number of different areas. I, I heard you talk about Memorial Park. Are there other areas of the county that are particularly interesting to you, or, or intersect with your skill set? Um. I came from a human resources background, and I'd like to get involved with how we do hiring and you know committees and things like that. How we run the committees, um, and I don't know you know how I could what I could get into to do those. But I'd like to see our community ran by people that want to make a difference instead of just sitting back and arguing and bickering between one side and another. I mean, we have to con- come to have to come to consensus on a lot of things in this community to make things work. So. I'm not really sure what I, what else I'd be interested in, but you know, if anything came up that would interest me, I'd, I'd really be jumping all over it because I want to make Newcastle and Henry County a better place for me, my kids, and other people that plan on coming to Henry County to live and work. So, Melanie, as as we're talking about the county in the future and and looking looking forward, what's what are we selling? What 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 makes us great? What makes Henry County a landmark? What are we selling to folks as we're trying to trying to grow the community and attract folks to live here? I think we are selling a uh, safe community first and foremost, um, a, a community that truly values um, its citizens and, and that values citizens uh, uh, getting involved and being engaged. Um, you know, uh, we're selling. Uh, the, the, all the things that are, are here to, to do the historical landmarks. You know, they, they did the, the passport around the county of all the, the amazing, you know, uh, buildings and, and things that we have here. I mean, I just think that we're selling this, uh, a safe hometown community. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there are some areas I think that we need to improve to truly make that a, a good sell, right? But with what we have now, Absolutely. It's our hometown, the hometown value. It's, it's Newcastle, right? It's Henry County. Any chance we can get a commitment that Dakota can legally keep his chickens? She has no control over that. Well, I mean, if she has a chance at the planning committee, we don't, we oh, don't want to true. short circuit that. I want chickens too. All government yeah. has control over your chickens, Dakota. Mm. Are you in favor of backyard chickens then? Uh, I don't know enough research really, about backyard chickens to give you, you an opinion. Right now, but this is Dakota's pet project. This is, I'm going to tell you right now. It doesn't matter if you say yes or no. I'm going to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would ask why? Why? Why do we not want you to keep them? What, well, what's the, the county? Side of the, county the county has an ordinance right now that says that if you have livestock, you need to have five acres. There is no exception of for agricultural back, for, there, of agricultural land. There is no exception for backyard chickens, for 4-H projects, for 
coming out of a pandemic and somebody that wants to put eggs in their house, there's, there is no exemption. You are supposed to have five acres to live in this community. So it's a, and has that been revisited recently or is that like a, just a super old law and you're wanting it revisited? Most people in county government that we talk to don't realize that that's the case. Okay. But it's been Dakota's pet project for, for the entire time on this show. By pet project, he's just ignored it and built a chicken. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what do we need to do to get it done? I didn't do it when I'm I was all about the, the Dakota's chickens. The, the county commissioners need to change the ordinance, and the planning commission, which allegedly one of you two will have an appointment to, uh, is uh, is involved in in that process. So it's a, it's a germane question to the conversation. Dakota's just too shy to ask it. A lot of counties are re- revisiting it and allowing it. Indianapolis has backyard chickens, but if you live out in rural uh, Henry County, say in Spiceland Township, there's a good chance you're a criminal. Uh, if, you have, <laughs> if you have four and a half acres and four and four pullets, yeah. you are violating the law. You're only a criminal if you've been caught. Just saying. True. So, Mike, what is Henry County selling? What's great? What are what is the elevator pitch to this community that says, "Hey"? So and so, bring your bring your jobs to Henry County. If you want to be a bedroom community, move to Henry County. What makes us great? What are we selling? Well, I mean, Newcastle is is an what an hour from Dayton Airport, an hour and twenty minutes from Cincinnati Airport. Uh, we have an incredible good good airport in Muncie, a, a, a growing airport in Newcastle. This is so that people can get here, not to run away, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but you know, Newcastle's. It's still a small enough community where there's a lot of hometown values in Newcastle and Henry County. Uh, go to the football games, the basketball games. I mean, we still support those things. Uh, it's a it's a very safe community. It's still a bedroom community. Um, you're not that far from uh, Richmond, Muncie, Anderson. You know, bigger shopping venues and things like that. Uh, it our schools are. Incredible schools in Henry County, all of them, Shenandoah, Blue River, Tri-High, Newcastle. They're all incredibly good schools. There's a lot for people with kids to do. I mean, I'd like that's another reason, you know, I think we should invest in the park um, and other things for kids to do. I mean, we have an incredible skate park that Mayor York put in and it's gotten kids off the streets. I mean, people are working to make this a better community. And I think that, you know, whether it's Melanie or myself, you know, it's something we should work harder towards and strive to make it. I mean, kids, if you don't have a community with kids, you have nothing. You know, kids are what make the future. So I I just think we need to make this community something where we have things for our younger generations, our teenagers to do. So former councilman and friend of the show, uh, Nate Lamar, he was a Henry County Council president. He used to talk about the brain drain in Henry County and trying to combat having kids go to school here, grow up, go to college, and then never come home. Uh, you know, in my entire existence, I'm pushing my next birthday is going to, I think there's going to be a four involved in the number. Uh, and we've had Henry County has been right at about 50,000 people my entire time I've lived here. What can Henry County do to, to hold on to young people like Dakota or? Or, you know, those of us that are still still have twos and threes and ones in our first number, what, what can we do as a community to, to curb that brain drain? That's a real tough question. I have two kids that, you know, both moved out of Henry County, both moved out of Newcastle for their jobs and their careers. Um, 
I think if we grow our business and make bring businesses to Henry County that are reputable and businesses and companies and corporations where they offer kit offer to our community first and you know future generations uh, that could move up in the company other than just a factory where you have two hundred or three hundred people working and you know no room for growth. Um, you know, Boar's Head's a good one. I mean, Boar's Head's been good to Henry County. Um, they promote from within. They don't bring people in from outside. And I think we need things like that in this community where they're going to look at what they have instead of bringing in new people from outside. Yeah, you've seen you've seen the make. If you're familiar with the Make Move Move program that Henry County's gotten into, yes. where they're, you're basically trying to attract, say, tech workers, tech jobs, and people to people to come to town to to try to bring some high paying opportunities in right i mean we're, we're right in the middle of you know some major interstates 70 69 38 36 and things like that you know 69 and i-70 go virtually anywhere in the united states uh, i don't understand why we can't get uh, something big to come to henry county yep melanie on the brain drain topic yeah, um, I, I agree with a lot of what Mike said. I think um, it's a quality of life issue as well. Um, you know, there's just not a lot here for young couples to do, um, you know, as far as, as going out and, and having fun, those kind of things. Um, so I think that's that's an issue. You know, we talked on the broadband, the child care. I think that all plays into it, you know. Um, I do believe, you know, we need to rec- recruit uh, tech companies, uh, business companies, right? We need to... to uh, uh, business opportunities. We really need to look at not just, um, not just recruiting, but who are we recruiting? What are the top, you know, top five industries? And if we want people to come here, we have to get those industries here in our community and we need to see, see what that's going to take. All right. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything, but I do want to mention, um, on the topic of housing there, we do have, uh, two housing additions that are currently in development in Henry County. Um, one by Northfield Park and then one also in, uh, Knightstown. So it's coming. Like we're, we're developing some housing and things and that, that's good stuff. But I just want to make sure that anyone listening, you know, Chris Avery's in Fort Wayne, Anthony Myers somewhere in Ohio, uh, you know, there are opportunities. There are plenty of opportunities. Craig DeCosta is listening right now from all the way in Hawaii. So <laughs> that's right. Craig has visited Henry County as a tourist. That That's is how true. that is how dedicated he is to this. We brought show. him here, but the council didn't give us a tax abatement. So <laughs> we share story time real quick. I we I don't know if Melanie and and Mike are familiar, but we share an office with Brian Nichols, who hosts the Brian Nichols Show, and he has his job with uh, Stratus IP. Uh, he visited Henry County two years ago. I, I guess it was just summer of twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, to a pool party. We had about fifty people from the Wall Network. That's our big master network that uh, that makes this show happen. Uh, we had a pool party. Brian and his wife visited. They fell in love with Henry County so much. They sold their house in Pennsylvania and they brought their jobs to Henry County and they they live here in Newcastle and it, he's our, he's our sweet mate now. So it can be done. Uh, we just need a hundred thousand more. Sounds Brian to Nichols. me like Jeremiah is looking for an appointment on the tourism <laughs> board. Listen, I, he's, he's, I spend he's a lot of time. For, he's been asking for a tax abatement for his pool for I've the been, last like, three years. I've been trying to tell council that my pool has generated a tremendous amount of economic uh, impact, and I would just like to not have to pay a property tax bill. I think that's a fair trade. I mean, every time Dear Leader comes to visit, 
he goes to Pizza King. So he's that's like four hundred dollars every visit is pizza <laughs> yeah, and breadsticks. Pizza King is that is a caviar budget. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh let's start to to wrap it up here. Um this is where we do final thoughts. Melanie, you're in the you're in the chair that gets to do it first. So this is where we say, first of all, you guys are running campaigns, so those aren't free. Yard signs aren't free, printed materials aren't free. So I have to bully you into asking for money from people to help pay for your campaign. And then also, if there's anything we forgot to talk about, this is your chance to clear that up. And then I, this is where you're also supposed to ask for volunteers because I know getting to doors isn't easy. So awesome. It's all yours. Can I describe the district first? Absolutely. Can I, can I try to describe our district? Uh, so on the south end, I believe we are at 400 right off of 103 there. Is that 400 south? I always get confused on county roads. 400 yep. south. Right. Four miles um, south of the courthouse. Yeah, there you go. And so we then go uh, to the west side there, 50, which becomes Main Street. Uh, on, the, on the east side, we are at 300 east. Uh, and then we come up, uh, we kind of cross a field, so we don't have much out by Riley School. Uh, when we come up through town, we come up on 103, uh, 14th Street, and we go down uh, 14th Street. When it splits, we take the 14th Street split. Uh, we take uh, M Avenue east till we get one block to Cherrywood, and then we take Cherrywood about three blocks up to J Avenue, I believe. Take J Avenue east one block over to Roosevelt, which takes us to G Avenue, which becomes Woodlawn. J uh, Avenue is one of our least known avenues. Oh, well. Q, Q, Q gets all the attention. Yeah. J, nobody right. knows about it. Nope. All right. So, uh, so J Avenue and, and we get to, uh, we get to, uh, it becomes Woodlawn, right? And then, um, Woodlawn takes us to Bundy and we come north there on Bundy till it splits there at 11th Street. Uh, and we take over, uh, Cherrywood all the way halfway through Jiffy Lube, uh, over to the area behind KFC. Uh, and then we come up to just, uh, the east side there of the Eagles, uh, up to Ron Lampke Road, which is the prison road. And that takes us back over east to 300. So 300 not, is our east border all the way. Not, not quite a perfect square, huh? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Well, here's it's here's crazy. the problem: is that they've got it's it's based on how many people live there, right? So you have you have to take the county population and and divide it in quarters. So essentially, you need to find a way for twelve thousand people to be in your in your town in your district, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And how do so, people volunteer? Yeah. So uh, we are canvassing Saturday morning. You can meet us ten a.m. at Lowell Park. Uh, I am on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Melwright District 2. I do have my Act Blue link there, so you can certainly donate. You can email me at Melwright District 2 at gmail.com. I do have to plug, uh, I keep hearing we don't vote for Democrats in Henry County because we don't have any, but I believe we have 20 plus on the ballot this time. So that's a shameless plug there because we're doing it. We're trying to. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're doing donuts and coffee at the courthouse. So come grab some donuts, grab some coffee, some hot chocolate. What kind of donuts? What kind of donuts are Jack's we talking about? Donuts. This? Jack's okay. Donuts. Jack's Donuts. A variety. <laughs> so come grab them. Uh, next Saturday, we have our big Halloween event from 1 to 3. So bring the kids out. Uh, lots of characters for pictures, a candy shoot, games, the whole nine yards. Where's, where's the Halloween? That's at Democratic Headquarters, the okay. UAW Hall. Thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. We appreciate you hanging with us. Mr. Zach Bircham, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, I know you're out at Summit Lake for the Spooktacular this weekend because I'm parked pretty close to you. Yeah. Um, you're in the 5K? No, because there's a 5K in the evening at the Y. 
How many 5Ks? You've done a marathon. I can't, can't do, you two do two 5Ks, 5Ks? in a day. I'm t- I'm too broken for that right now. No, <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. I did, I did get the fortune. I was marking the course for the 5K for the Y and did not remember that 16th Street is currently gravel. And so I had to revamp. So it's like an off-road event. No, I had to revamp a 5K course and make it accurate using city streets in about 20 minutes. That's about what I had to fix it, which I managed to do. Um, so if you see people running out around like Garner and North Main, don't hit them <laughs> tomorrow. But uh, I, the snake that fell next to me last weekend was not three feet long, but I did have a snake fall out of a tree and nearly hit me last weekend. So I'm still recovering. Right, we said it was six feet long. Yeah, this it is was, Patreon. It wasn't that Don't, long, was it? Listen, you're not here to defend yourself last week. Don't get in the way of our embellishment of your story no, that you lied to us. I don't feel like you need to embellish the fact a, a snake fell 30 feet out of a tree next to me. It's your well, story. I, well, I was camping, yeah. My <laughs> wife tries to make it more about her, and she was sleeping in a hammock. But uh, She has it rough. But no, to, uh, yeah, keep it out. There's all kind of, as Melly just said, there's all kinds of stuff going on the next couple of weeks in town um, for all the people that are local. Halloween is going to be on Halloween. Shocking, I know, because uh, it's a Monday from five to eight, I believe. Um, but other than that, yeah, keep an eye out. There's all kinds of stuff, trunk or treats, and all kinds of events going on. All right, Mister Mike Regner, thank you for being with us, man. We appreciate it. It's Boy, good, good to get to meet you. Name with a face. We've seen the signs popping up around town. Um, I guess this is where you can final thoughts, things we forgot, issues you're concerned about, and uh, how people volunteer to help uh, help you push you over the top here heading to November. I'm almost done with my signs. I've passed out all my pamphlets and everything. I want to give a big shout out to all my Republican counterparts uh, for helping me. Uh, a lot of my, you know, my friends helped me pass out everything. I have maybe 20 signs left to put out, and I'm going to do those Saturday morning. And I just, if, I, I really don't need any any more funds, so I'm pretty set on those. Um, this is where no, this is. I'm going I'm to explain because I've already lost three elections. This is the way this works. You can keep raising that money and then just be a kingmaker. What they do, what the big time machine does is they go yeah, raise all that keep, money. Keep breaking and, it in. And then they give it away to other candidates and then they owe them something. That's the that's how that's how the big time politics works. <laughs> I've seen it done. Wait, wait, wait. I want to stick want to my own story. To own to owe anybody anything. No. <laughs> I don't want to have to return any favors to anybody. I'm gonna do this on my own merit. Very good. So. Thank you, Mike, so much for being here. We appreciate you joining Thank you us very and much participating for in the process. Me. Dakota? I have a few things. First of all, I want to thank both of you guys for coming. Um, I've worked on a lot of campaigns. Uh, I know it's difficult. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I know it's really, really difficult. Very difficult. Um, and I know it takes a lot to throw your hat into the ring. And I appreciate the fact that there are two candidates on the ballot. I think that I'm a firm believer that voters deserve a choice. And also thank you guys for coming and talking to us. Um, we always love to to show people what their what their choices are. Well, maybe um, with one of our new faces, maybe you know one of us can make a change. I like uh, I I you know I like seeing new people come along. Um, we've we've been doing this what six years, Jeremiah. So we feels like twelve. We've seen a lot of faces come come through the doors. Um, I also want to give a a plug to uh, Wyland's Flowers, the Slick Pickle, and Big Bounce Inflatables again. Local businesses, we really appreciate them uh, for supporting us and uh, helping. The way that the show works is that we have Patreon, which um, pays the bills, and but we're usually running in the red. And then Jeremiah, he always is, puts on his salesman hat because that's what he does as his day job, and he will sell a uh, a sponsorship once or twice a year, 
that bumps us into the green for a little bit longer. So uh, those businesses, they they really do uh, support the show a lot. So, you know. Yep. There, if you guys enjoy this candidate series, reach out to those businesses, say thank you, get uh, get involved with them. And, uh, and of course, if you want to support the show yourself, you can always join the Patreon and get involved in in what we do over there too. You get the show notes, you get, uh, you get, get to be a part of the little community, get added to a Facebook group. Uh, and it's generally us making fun of Dakota. Yeah. And then, uh, lastly, and maybe you can make fun of me for this one. Um, I want to give a shout out. To Were you, you driving that Buick out on, 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 on broad street? <laughs> it was the same Buick I used to have. It looked very familiar to your, to the Buick you bought it's, from John. You know, over it's funny you mention that because I was with my dad right before I came here and I was like, you know, it being a Buick makes me think it might've been an, an elderly person. And he said, <laughs> you had the same Buick, the identical, <laughs> the identical Buick. Yeah. It's just so luxurious that you fall asleep uh-huh. with that, the, that mm-hmm. heated steering wheel and the heated seats and the, the fine, uh, Chinese leather that's in it, and they just they went full. I don't. Maybe this is a stu- stunt you did for Boss Hog, yeah. Dukes of Hazard Dukes style, of Hazard. trying to launch. They they didn't even make it to the river. No, they, they landed on the uh, the fly. near side end bent. What I really was going to do was give a shout out to uh, Rugged Earth Outfitters, the clothing, the newer clothing store. That's I don't have anything from them on. I see you scanning my clothing. I was I was just curious if you're going to buy but, a new jacket because the but, one you've got is torn up. But I bought some clothes. Did you, climb, did you climb over a barbed wire fence? What the hell happened to you? He was driving the Buick. Climbed These guys down. are high end <laughs> candidates, and here you are in a tattered shirt. It's from Rebar. Climbed over riverbank. Rebar but belongs I will in say, concrete. You shouldn't be playing around it. You That's know, for manly men. Uh, you know, clothing stores have it have it rough in the 21st century right now because of the online stores. But I went in there. They had some really nice clothes. Uh, up my alley, I bought a few things. I'll definitely be returning. I would hate to see them go away. So, Well, if you're I'm returning them, you're not helping the store stay open. No, I said I would definitely be returning. Oh, okay. I thought you said you in- bought all this stuff and you're going to return it. No, no, no. I, this is not good for business. The lady did say, and you know, I wear, because of my, my day job, I wear a lot of like Wrangler, Carhartt, things like that. And I bought a Wrangler shirt and I bought a Carhartt vest and uh, the lady said, do you need to try those on? And I was like, no, I know they fit. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then I was like, well, I wear this stuff like every day. And she's like, Oh, okay. When you go into a store, I I don't, I think my tone might've come off wrong. And she thought that I was being a smart Alec. Listen, accurate. Maybe I should apologize. This is a podcast first. Obviously we're live streamed to the, to the tens of thousands of people. We don't edit anything, but I, for those that are that have never seen a picture, you're a mannequin. Like you, you know that the sh- the stuff they're selling is gonna fit. Some of us are are unique, mm. and it's it's an adventure when you go to buy clothes. <laughs> but when you go, you're the mannequin, and you know it's gonna it's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lots of words. One thing on that is I've noticed with Carhartt, I have a big gripe with Carhartt brand. Because all of their clothes are two sizes uh, too big. So I have to wear... I Whenever I buy Carhartt shirts, I have to buy a small. You have to go to the children's section. Because it's like a regular large. And I think that's because they market to men that are in their 50s that still feel like they should be a medium from when they were in high school and were wearing medium clothes. Mike, I don't want to I think that that's their whole thing, plan. But are, you, are you in the Carhartt demographic? Uh, past it. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement age. 
just a, all right. I hit that magic number on the 9th of October where I could retire legally. Happy birthday. Thank you. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else, Dakota? That's it. All right. I think I might get a cup of coffee down at the uh, down at the Courier Times building. They uh, the, the the press is opening up on Saturday. Oh, I've heard big really? things. Our friend Aaron Dickin has been promoting the hell out of that. But yeah, the press coffee shop is opening up on Saturday. So well, I think uh, I heard they another... scared off a, a coffee shop because I think I heard that one of the other coffee shops coming to town is not coming to town. Oh, really? The one that's built but not open yet? Yes. I think I heard that that's that building. That's why they put the sign up that, that, that says you can own this store? Yes. Apparently, we well, were. That, that building has been. The, they, we have a coffee franchise group, whatever, that came in and they built scooters. a building. Yes. And then they just decided, never mind. Oh, no. I was really looking forward to that opening. <laughs> <laughs> that really sucks. Well. We will continue to follow that story on Paul's <laughs> Next week, we are wrapping up the candidate series. Uh, I believe uh, so far we have two candidates running for state rep, state senate confirmed. If your favorite candidate is running, reach out to them and tell them that you want to see them on Ball this week. <laughs> or any other. Uh, just, just let us know, and uh, we'll make room for as many can show up. Invitations have gone out, but I'm still waiting for some RSVPs. So if, if people don't come... Your, your opponents may get more time. We'll put it that way. Well, thank you very much for watching and being a part of it. Thank you to Mike and Melanie for, for being a part of the process and so much for being on the ballot. We will see you next week.